Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode, we read chapters 19, 19 through 20. Now, in the previous episode, Thalia uh, and Zoe and Percy and Grover, Bianca has been unfortunately killed or was unfa- was not be able to be found. Uh, th- those four went to go face Atlas, who was apparently Zoe's father. And so after they finally did the battle with Luke and uh, the general, Zoe unfortunately got killed because of the fight. And another part of the Oracle's, uh, the Oracle's um, prophecy came true by saying uh, one shall die, one shall perish by a parent's hand. And unfortunately, that was Zoe. And a very upsetting episode last uh, last week as Zoe went into the sky and the stars and was commemorated by Artemis to be one of the greatest hunters of all time. And luckily, Artemis was able to return to in order of just in time for the Council of the Gods. And now we will read chapter 19, The Gods Vote How to Kill Us. Flying was bad enough for a son of Poseidon, but flying straight up to Zeus's palace with thunder and lightning swirling around it was even worse. We circled over midtown Manhattan, making one complete orbit around Mount Olympus. I'd only been there once before, traveling by elevator up to the secret 600th floor of the Empire State Building. This time, if it was possible, Olympus amazed me even more. In the early morning darkness, torches and fires made the mountainside palaces glow 20 different colors, from blood red to indigo. Apparently, no one ever slept on Olympus. The twisting streets were full of demigods and nature spirits and minor godlings bustling about, riding chariots or sedan chairs carried by cyclops. Winter didn't even seem to exist here. I caught the scent of the gardens in full bloom. Jasmine and roses and even sweeter things I couldn't name. Music drifted up from many windows. The soft sounds of lyres and reed pipes. Towering at the peak of the mountain was the greatest palace of all. The glowing white hall of the gods. Our pegasi set us down in the outer courtyard in front of the huge silver gates. Before I could even think to knock, the gates opened by themselves. Good luck, boss, Blackjack said. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know why, but I had a sense of doom. I'd never seen all the gods together, and I knew in any one of them could blast me to dust. A few of them would like to. Hey, if you don't come back, can I have your cabin for my stable? I looked at my pegasus. Just a thought, he said. Sorry. Blackjack and his friends flew off, leaving Thalia, Annabeth, and me alone. For a minute, we stood there regarding the palace. The way we'd stuck together in the front of Westover Hall would seem like a million years ago. And then side by side, we walked into the throne room. Twelve enormous thrones made a U around a central hearth. Just like the placement of the cabins at camp, the ceiling above glittered with constellations. Even the newest one, Zoe the Huntress, making her way across the heavens with her bow drawn. All of the seats were occupied. Each god and goddess was about 15 feet tall. I'm telling you, if you've ever had a dozen all-powerful, super-huge beings turn their eyes on you at once, well, suddenly facing monsters seemed like a picnic. Welcome, heroes, Artemis said. That's when I noticed Bessie and Grover. A spear of water was hovering in the center of the room, next to the hearth fire. Bessie was swimming happily around, swishing his serpent tail and poking his head out the sides and bottom of the spear. 
He seemed to be enjoying the novelty of swimming in a magic bubble. Grover was kneeling at Zeus's throne as if he'd just been giving a report, and when he saw us, he cried. You made it! He started to run toward me and then remembered he was turning his back on Zeus and looked for permission. Go on, Zeus said, but he wasn't really paying attention to Grover. The lord of the sky was staring intently at Thalia. Grover trotted over. None of the gods spoke. Every clop of Grover's hooves echoed on the marble floor. Bessie splashed in his bubble of water. The hearth fire crackled. I looked nervously at my father, Poseidon. He was dressed similar to the last time I'd seen him. Beach shorts, a Hawaiian shirt, and sandals. He had a weathered suntan face with a dark beard and deep green eyes. I wasn't sure how he'd feel about seeing me again, but the corners of his eyes crinkled its smile lines. He nodded as if to say, it's okay. Grover gave Annabeth and Thalia big hugs. Then he grasped my arms. Percy, Bessie and I made it, but you have to convince them. They can't do it. Do what? I asked. Heroes, Artemis called. The goddess slid down from her throne and turned to human size. A young auburn-haired girl, perfectly at ease in the midst of the giant Olympians. She walked out toward us, her silver robes shimmering. There was no emotion in her face. She seemed to walk in a column of moonlight. The council has been informed of your deeds, Artemis told us. They know that Mount Oritheus or Oatrius or is rising in the west. They know of Atlas, Atlas's attempt for freedom, freedom and the gathering armies of Kronos. We have voted to act. There was some mumbling and shuffling among the gods, as if they weren't all happy with this plan, but nobody protested. At my lord Zeus's command... Artemis said, My brothers Apollo and I shall hunt the most powerful monsters, seeking to strike them down before they can join the Titans' cause. Lady Athena shall personally check on the other Titans to make sure they do not escape their various prisons. Lord Poseidon has been giving permission to unleash his full fury on the cruise ship Princess Andromeda and send it to the bottom of the sea. And as for you, my heroes, she turned to face the other immortals. These half-bloods have done Olympus a great service. Would any here deny that? She lo- looked around at the assembled gods, meeting their faces individually. Zeus in his dark pinstripe suit, his black beard neatly trimmed, and his eyes sparkling with energy. Next to him sat a beautiful woman with silver hair braided over one shoulder and a dress that shimmered colors like peacock feathers. The Lady Hera. Oh, Zeus is right. On, on Zeus is right. My father Poseidon. Next to him, a huge lump of a man with a leg and a steel brace, a misshapen head, and a wild brown beard, fire flickering through his whiskers. The lord of the forges, Hephaestus. Hermes winked at me. He was wearing a business suit today, checking messages on his caduceus mobile phone. Apollo leaned back in his golden throne with his shades on. He had iPod headphones on, so I wasn't sure he was even listening, but he gave me a thumbs up. Dionysus looked bored, twirling a grapevine between his finger. And Ares, well, he sat on his chrome and leather throne, glowering at me as while he sharpened a knife. On the lady's side of the throne room, a dark-haired goddess in green robes sat next to Hera on a throne woven of apple tree branches. Demeter, goddess of the harvest. Next to her sat a beautiful gray-eyed woman in an elegant white dress. She can only be Annabeth's mother, Athena. Then there was Aphrodite, who smiled at me knowingly and made me blush in spite of myself. All the Olympians in one place, so much power in this room, it was a miracle the whole palace didn't blow apart. I gotta say, Apollo broke the silence. 
These kids did okay. He cleared his throat and began to recite. Heroes win laurels. Um, yes, first class, Hermes interrupted, like he was anxious to avoid Apollo's poetry. All in favor of not disintegrating them. A few tentative hands went up. Demeter, Aphrodite, wait just a minute, he growled, Ares growled. He pointed at Thalia and me. These two are dangerous. It'd be much safer while we got them here. Ares, Poseidon interrupted. They are worthy heroes. We will not blast my son to bits. Nor my daughter, Zeus grumbled. She has done well. Thalia blushed. She studied the floor. I knew how she felt. I'd hardly ever talked to my father, much less gotten a compliment. The goddess Athena cleared her throat and sat forward. I am proud of my daughter as well, but there's a security risk here with the other two. Mother! Annabeth said, how can you... Athena cut her off with a calm but firm look. It is unfortunate that my father Zeus and my uncle Poseidon chose to break their oath not to have more children. Only Hades kept his word. A factor that I find ironic. As we know from the great prophecy, children of the three elder gods, such as Thalia and Percy, are dangerous. As thick-headed as he is, Ares has a point. Right, Ares said. Hey, wait a minute, who are you calling? He started to get up, but a grapevine grew around his waist like a seatbelt and pulled him back down. Oh, please, Ares, Dionysus sighed. Save the fighting for later. Ares cursed and ripped away the vine. You're one to talk, you old drunk. You seriously want to protect these brats? Dionysus gazed down at us wearily. I have for no love for them. Athena, do you truly think it is safest to destroy them? I do not pass judgment, Athena said. I only point out the risk. What we do, the council must decide. I will not have them punished, Artemis said. I will have them rewarded. If we destroy heroes who do us a great favor, then we are no better than the Titans. If this is Olympian justice, I will have none of it. Calm down, sis, Apollo said. Jeez, you need to lighten up. Don't call me sis. I will reward him. Re- reward them. Well, Zeus grumbled. Perhaps, but the monster at least must be destroyed. We have agreement on that? A lot of nodding heads. It took me a second to realize what they were saying. Then my heart turned to lead. Bessie? You want to destroy Bessie? <laughs> Bessie protested. My father frowned. You have named the Ophiotaurus Bessie? Dad, I said, he's just a sea creature. A really nice sea creature. You can't destroy him. Poseidon shifted uncomfortably. Percy, the monster's power is considerable. If the Titans were to steal it or... You can't. I insisted. I looked at Zeus. I probably should have been afraid of him, but I stared him right in the eye. Controlling the prophecies never works. Isn't that true? Besides best, the Ophiotaurus is innocent. Killing something like that is wrong. It's just as wrong as... As Kronos eating his children. Just because of something they might do. It's wrong. Zeus seemed to consider this. His eyes drifted to his daughter, Thalia. And what of the risk? Kronos knows full well if one of you were to sacrifice the beast's entrails, you would have the power to destroy us. Do you think we can let that possibility remain? You, my daughter, will turn 16 on the morrow, just as the prophecy says. You have to trust them. 
Ambit spoke up. Sir, you have to trust them. Zeus scowled. Trust a hero? Annabeth is right, Artemis said, which is why I first I must first make a reward. My faithful companion, Zoe Nightshare, has passed into the stars. I must have a new lieutenant, and I intend to choose one. But first, Father Zeus, I must speak to you privately. Zeus beckoned Artemis forward. He leaned down and listened as she spoke in his ear. A feeling of panic seized me. Annabeth, I said under my breath, don't. She frowned at me. What? Look, I need you to I need to tell you something. I continued. The words came stumbling out of me. I couldn't stand it if I don't want you to Percy, she said, you look like you're gonna be sick. And that's how I felt. I wanted to say more, but my trunk a tongue betrayed me. It wouldn't move because of the fear in my stomach, and then Artemis turned. I shall have a new lieutenant, she announced, if she will accept it. No. I murmured. Dahlia, Artemis said, daughter of Zeus, will you join the hunt? Stunned silence filled the room. I stared at Thalia, unable to believe what I was hearing. Annabeth smiled. She squeezed Thalia's hand and let it go, as if she'd expect- been expecting this all along. I will, Thalia said firmly. Zeus rose, his eyes full of concern. My daughter, consider well. Father, she said, I will not turn 16 tomorrow. I will never turn 16. I won't let this prophecy be mine. I stand with my sister Artemis. Kronos will never tempt me again. She knelt before the goddess and began the words I remembered from Bianca's oath, what seemed like so long ago. I pledge myself to the goddess Artemis. I turn my back on the company of men. Afterward, Thalia did something that surprised me almost as much as the pledge. She came over to me, smiled, and in front of me, in front of the whole assembly, she gave me a big hug. I blushed. When she pulled away and gripped my shoulders, I said, Um, aren't you supposed to not do that anymore? I'm hug boys, I mean. I'm honoring a friend, she corrected. I must join the hunt, Percy. I haven't known peace since, since Half-Blood Hill. I finally feel like I have a home. But you're a hero. You'll be, you will be the one of the prophecy. Great. I muttered. I'm proud to be your friend. She hugged Annabeth, who was trying hard not to cry. Then she even hugged Grover, who looked ready to pass out like somebody had just given him an all-you-can-eat enchilada coupon. Then Thalia went to stand by Artemis' side. Now for the Ophiotaurus, Artemis said. This boy is still dangerous, Dionysus warned. The beast is a temptation to great power, even if we spare the boy. No. I looked around at all the gods. Please. Keep the, keep the Ophiotaurus safe. My dad can hide him under the sea somewhere. Or keep him in an aquarium here in Olympus. But you have to protect him. And why should we trust you? Rumbled Hephaestus. I'm only 14, I said. If this prophecy is about me, that's two more years. Two more years for Kronos to deceive you, Athena said. Much can change in two years, my young hero. Mother! Annabeth said, exasperated. It is only the truth, child. It is bad strategy to keep the animal animal alive or the boy. My father stood. I will not have a sea creature destroyed if I can help it. And I can help it. He held out his hand and a trident appeared in it. A 20-foot-long bronze shaft with three spear tips that shimmered with blue watery light. I will vouch for the boy and the safety of the Ophiotaurus. You won't take it under the sea, 
Zeus stood suddenly. I won't have that kind of bargaining chip in your position. Brother, please, Poseidon sighed. Zeus's lightning bolt appeared in his hand, a shaft of electricity that filled the whole room with the smell of ozone. Fine, Poseidon said. I will build an aquarium for the creature here. Hephaestus can help me. The creature will be safe. We shall protect it with all our powers. The boy will not betray us. I vouch for this on my honor. Zeus thought about this. All in favor? To my surprise, a lot of hands went up. Dionysus abstained, so did Ares and Athena, but everybody else? We have a majority, Zeus decreed, and so, since we will not be destroying these heroes, I imagine we should honor them. Let the triumph celebration begin. There are parties, and then there are huge, major blowout parties, and then there are Olympian parties. If you ever get a choice, go for the Olympian. The nine muses cranked up the tunes, and I realized the music was whatever you wanted it to be. The gods could listen to classical, and the younger demigods heard hip-hop or whatever. And it was all the same soundtrack. No arguments, no fights to change a radio station. Just request to crank it up. Dionysus went around growing refreshments stands out of the ground, and a beautiful woman walked with him arm in arm. His wife, Ariadne. Dionysus looked happy for the first time. Nectar and ambrosia overflowed from golden fountains, and pl- platters of mor- mortal snack food crowded the banquet tables. Golden goblets filled with whatever drink you wanted. Grover trotted around with a full plate of tin cans and enchiladas, and his goblet was full of double espresso latte, which he kept muttering over like an incantation. Pan! Pan! Gods kept coming over to congratulate me. Thankfully, they had reduced themselves, to, to, reduced themselves to human size, so they didn't accidentally trample partygoers under their feet. Hermes started chatting with me. He was so cheerful, I hated to tell him what had happened to his least favorite son, Luke. But before I could even get up the courage, Hermes got a call on his caduceus and walked away. Apollo told me I could drive a sun chariot any time, and if I ever wanted archery lessons... Thanks, I told him. But seriously, I'm no good at archery. Ah, nonsense, he said. Target practice from the chariot as we fly over the U.S.? Best fun there is. I made some excuses and wove through the crowds that were dancing in the palace courtyards. I was looking for Annabeth. Last I saw her, she'd been dancing with some minor godling. Then a man's voice behind me said, You won't let me down, I hope. I turned and found Poseidon smiling at me. Dad? Hi. Hello, Percy. You've done well. His praise made me uneasy. I mean, it felt good, but I just... I knew just how much he'd put himself on the line, vouching for me. It would have been a lot easier to let the others disintegrate me. I won't let you down, I promised. He nodded. I had trouble reading God's emotions, but I wondered if he had some doubts. Your friend Luke... He's not my friend, I blurted out. Then I realized it was probably rude to interrupt. Sorry. Your former friend, Luke, Poseidon corrected. He once promised things like that. He was Hermes' pride and joy. Just bear that in mind, Percy. Even the bravest can fall. Luke fell pretty hard, I agreed. He's dead. Poseidon shook his head. No, Percy. He is not. I stared at him. What? I believe Annabeth told you this. Luke still lives. I have seen it. His boat sails from San Francisco with the remains of Kronos even now. He will retreat and regroup before assaulting you again. 
I will do my best to destroy his boat with storms, but he is making alliances with my enemies, the older spirits of the ocean. They will fight to protect him. How can he be how can he be alive? I said, that fall should have killed him. Poseidon looked troubled. I don't know, Percy, but beware of him. He is more dangerous than ever. And the golden coffin is still with him, still growing in strength. What about Atlas? I said. What's to prevent him from escaping again? Couldn't he just force some giant or something to take the sky for him? My father snorted in derision. <laughs> if it were so easy, he would have escaped long ago. No, my son. The curse of the sky can only be forced upon a titan, one of the children of Gaia and Uranus. Anyone else must choose to take the burdens of their own free will. Only a hero, someone with strength, a true heart, and a great courage would do such a thing. No one in Kronos' army would dare try to bear the bear that way, even upon pain of death. Luke did it. I said he let Atlas go. Then he tricked Annabeth into saving him and used her to convince Artemis to take the sky. Yes, Poseidon said. Luke is a interesting case. I think he wanted to say more, but just then Bessie started moving from across the courtyard. Some demigods were playing with his water sphere, joyously pushing it back and forth over the top of the crowd. I'd better take care of that, Poseidon grumbled. We can't have the Ophiotaurus tossed around like a beach ball. Be good, my son. We may not speak again for some time. And just like that, he was gone. I was about to keep searching the crowd when another voice spoke. Your father takes a great risk, you know. I found myself face to face with a gray-eyed woman who looked so much like Annabeth, I, call, I almost called her that. Athena. I tried not to sound resentful after the way she'd written me off in the council, but I guess I didn't hide it very well. She smiled dryly. Do not judge me too harshly, Half-Blood. Wise counsel is not always popular, but I spoke the, but I spoke the truth. You are dangerous. You never take risks? She nodded. I concede the point. You perhaps you may perhaps be useful, and yet your fatal flaw may destroy us as well as yourself. My heart crept into my throat. A year ago, Annabeth and I had a talk about fatal flaws. Every hero had one. Hers, she said, was pride. She believed she could do anything, like holding up the world, for instance, or saving Luke. But I didn't really know what was mine. Athena looked almost sorry for me. Kronos knows your flaw, even if you do not. He knows how to study his enemies. Think, Percy, how has he manipulated you? First, your mother was taken from you. Then your best friend, Grover. Now my daughter, Annabeth. She paused, disapproving. In each case, your loved ones, loved ones have been used to lure you into Kronos' traps. Your fatal flaw is personal loyalty, Percy. You do not know when it is time to cut your losses. To save a friend, you would sacrifice the world. And a hero of the prophecy, that is very, very dangerous. I balled my fists. That's not a flaw. Just because I want to help my friends, the most dangerous flaws are those which are good in moderation. She said, evil is easy to fight. Lack of wisdom? That is very hard indeed. I wanted to argue, but I found I couldn't. Athena was pretty darn smart. I hope the council's decisions prove wise, Athena said, but I will be watching Percy Jackson. I do not approve of your friendship with my daughter. I do not think it wise for either of you. And should you begin to waver in your loyalties? She fixed me with her cold gray stare, and I realized what a terrible en enemy Athena would make, 10 times worse than Ares or Dionysus, or maybe even my father. 
Athena would never give up. She would never do any something rash or stupid just because she hated you. And if she made a plan to destroy you, it would not fail. Percy, Ambit said, running through the crowd. He, she stopped short when she saw who I was talking to. Oh, Mom. I will leave you, Athena said. For now. She turned and strode toward through the crowd, which parted before her as if she were carrying Aegis. Was she giving you a hard time? Ambit asked. No, I said. It's fine. She studied me with concern. She touched a new streak of gray in my hair that matched hers exactly. Our painful souvenir from holding Atlas's burden. There was a lot I wanted to say to Annabeth, but Athena had taken the confidence out of me. I felt like I'd been punched in the gut. I do not approve of your friendship with my daughter. So, Ambit said, what did you want to tell me earlier? The music was playing. People were dancing in the streets. I said, I uh, was singing. We got interrupted at Westover Hall, and I think I owe you a dance. She smiled slowly. All right, seaweed brain. So I took her hand, and I don't know what everybody else heard, but to me it sounded like a slow dance. A little sad, but maybe a little hopeful too. And that is the end of chapter 19. But don't worry, right after this break, we will read chapter 20. Uh, I get a new enemy for Christmas. And we are back from the ads, and now we will read chapter 20. I get a new enemy for Christmas. Before I left Olympus, I decided to make a few calls. It wasn't easy, but I finally found a quiet fountain in a corner garden and sent an iris message to my brother Tyson under the sea. I told him about her adventures in Bessie. He wanted to hear every detail about the cute baby cow serpent. And I, as, and I assured him that Annabeth was safe. Finally, I got around to explaining how the she shield he made me last summer had been damaged in the manacore attack. Yay! Tyson said. That means it was good. It saved your life. It sure did, big guy, I said. But now it's ruined. Not ruined, Tyson promised. I will visit and fix it next summer. The idea picked me up instantly. I guess I hadn't realized how much I missed having Tyson around. Seriously? I asked. They let you take time off? Yes, I have made 2,741 magic swords. Tyson said proudly, showing me the newest blade. The boss says good work. He will let me take the whole summer off. I will visit camp. We talked for a while about war preparations and, and our dad's fight with the old sea gods. And all the cool things we could do together next summer. But then Tyson's boss started yelling at him and he, ha- and he had to get back to work. I dug out my last golden drachma and made one more iris message. Sally Jackson, I said, Upper East Side, Manhattan. The mist shimmered and there was my mom at her kitchen table, laughing and holding hands with her friend, Mr. Blowfish. I felt so embarrassed I was about to wave my hand through the mist and cut the connection, but before I could, my mom saw me. Her eyes got wide. She let go of Mr. Blowfish's hand real quick. Oh, Paul, you know what? I left my writing journal in the living room. Would you mind getting it for me? Sure, Sally, no problem. He left the room, and instantly, my mom leaned toward the iris message. Percy, are you alright? I'm, uh, fine. How's that writing seminar going? She pursed her lips. It's fine, but that's not important. Tell me what happened. I filled her in as quickly as I could. She sighed with a relief when she heard that Annabeth was safe. I knew you could do it, she said. I'm so proud. 
Well, yeah. Uh, I better let you get back to your homework. Percy, I... Paul and I... Mom, are you happy? The question seemed to take her by surprise. She thought for a moment. Yes, I really am, Percy. Being around him makes me happy. Then it's cool. Seriously, don't worry about me. The funny thing was, I meant it. Considering the quest I just had, maybe I should should have been worried about my for my mom, but... I seen just how mean people could be to each other. Like Hercules was to Zoe Nightshade, like Luke was to Thalia. I met uh, Aphrodite, goddess of love, in person, and her f- powers had scared me worse than Ares. But seeing my mother laughing and smiling after all the years she stu- suffered with my nasty ex stepfather Gabe Ugliano, I couldn't help feeling happy for her. You promise not to call him Mr. Blowfish? She asked. I shrugged. Well, maybe not to his face, anyway. Sally? Mr. Blowfish called from our living room. You need the green binder or the red one? I better go, she told me. See you for Christmas. Are you putting blue candy in my stocking? She smiled. If you're not too old for that. I'm never too old for candy. I'll see you then. She waved her hand across the mist. Her image disappeared and I thought to myself that Thaya may have been right. So many days ago at Westover Hall, my mom really was pretty cool. Compared to Mount Olympus, Manhattan was quiet. Friday before Christmas, but it was early in the morning, and hardly anyone was on 5th Avenue. Argus, the many-eyed security chief, picked up Annabeth, Grover, and me at the Empire State Building and ferried us back to camp through a a light snowstorm. The Long Island Expressway was almost deserted. As we trudged back up Half-Blood Hill to the pine tree where the Golden Fleece glittered, I, I half expected to see Thalia there waiting for us, but she wasn't. She was long gone with Artemis and the rest of the hunters off on their next adventure. Sharon greeted us at the big house with hot chocolate and toasted cheese and sandwiches. Grover went off with his satire friends to spread the word about our strange encounter with the magic of Pam. Within an hour, the satires were all running around agitated, asking where the nearest espresso bar was. Annabeth and I sat with Sharon and some of the other senior campers, Beckendorf, Selena Beauregard, and the Soul Brothers. Even Clarice from the Ares cabin was there, back from her secretive scouting mission. I knew she must have had a difficult quest because she didn't even try to pulverize me. She had a new scar on her chin and her dirty blonde hair had been cut short and ragged, like someone attacked it with a pair of safety scissors. I got news, she mumbled uneasily. Bad news. I'll fill you in later, Sharon said with forced cheerfulness. The important thing is you have prevailed, and you have saved Annabeth. Annabeth smiled at me gratefully, which made me look away. For some reason, I found myself thinking about Hoover Dam and the odd mortal girl I'd run in there, Rachel Elizabeth Dare. I didn't know why, but her annoying comments kept coming back to me. Do you always kill people when they blow their nose? I was only alive because so many people had helped me, even a random mortal girl like that. I never even explained to her who I was. Luke is alive, I said. Annabeth was right. Annabeth sat up. How do you know? I tried not to feel annoyed by her interest. I told her what my dad had said about the Princess Andromeda. Well, Annabeth shifted uncomfortably in her chair. If the final battle does come with Percy 16, at least we have two more years to figure something out. I had a feeling that when she said figure something out, she meant get Luke to change his ways, which annoyed me even more. 
Sean's expression was gloomy. Sitting by the fair fire in his wheelchair, he looked really old. I mean, he was really old, but he usually didn't look like look it. Two years may seem like a long time, he said, but it is the blink of an eye. I still hope you are not the child of the prophecy, Percy. But if you are, then the second Titan War is almost upon us. Cronus's first strike will be here. How do you know? I asked. Why would he care about camp? Because the gods use heroes as their tools, Sean said simply. Destroy the tools and the gods will be crippled. Luke's forces will come here. Mortal, demigod, monstrous. We must be prepared. Clarice's news may give us a clue on how they will attack, but... There was a knock on the door and Nico D'Angelo came huffing into the parlor, his cheeks bright red from the cold. He was smiling, but he looked around anxiously. Hey! Where's my... Where's my sister? Dead silence. I stared at Sharon. I couldn't believe nobody had told him yet. And then I realized why. They'd been waiting for us to appear. To tell Nico in person. That was the last thing I wanted to do. But... I owed it to Bianca. Hey, Nico. I got up from my comfortable chair. Let's take a walk, okay? We need to talk. He took the news in silence, which somehow made it worse. I kept talking, trying to explain how it happened, but how Bianca had sacrificed herself to save the quest, but I felt like I was only making things worse. She wanted you to have this. I brought out the little god figurine Bianca had found in the junkyard. Nico held it in his palm and stared at it. We were standing at the dining pavilion, just where we'd last spoken before I went on the quest. The wind was bitter cold, even with the camp's magical weather protection. Snow fell lightly against the marble steps. I figured outside the camp borders there must be a blizzard happening. You promised you would protect her, Nico said. You might as well stab me with this rusty dagger. It would have hurt less than reminding me of my promise. Nico, I said, I tried, but Bianca gave herself up to save the rest of us. I told her not to, but she, you promised. He glared at me, his eyes rimmed with red. He closed his small fist around the God statue. I shouldn't have trusted you. His voice broke. You lied to me. My nightmares were right. Wait, what nightmares? He flung the God statue to the ground. It clattered across some icy marble. I hate you. She might be alive. I said desperately. I don't know for sure. She's dead. He closed his eyes. His whole body trembled with rage. I should have known it earlier. She's in the fields of Asphodel. Standing before the judges right now being evaluated. I can feel it. What do you mean you can feel it? Before he could answer, I heard a new sound behind me. A hissing, clattering noise I recognized all too well. I drew my sword, and Nico gasped. I rolled around and found myself facing four skeleton warriors. They grinned. They grinned fleshless grins and advanced with swords drawn. I wasn't sure how they made it inside the camp, but it didn't matter. i never get help in time. You're trying to kill me! Nico screamed. You brought these... these things? No, I mean, yes, they followed me, but no. Nico, run, they can't be destroyed. I don't trust you. The first skeleton charged. I knocked aside his blade, but the other three kept coming. I sliced one in half, but immediately began to nick back together. I knocked another one's head off, but it just kept fighting. Run, Nico, I yelled. Get help. No, he pressed his hands to his ears. 
I couldn't fight for it once. Not if they wouldn't die. I slashed, whirled, blocked, jabbed, but they would, they just kept advancing. It was only a matter of seconds before the zombies overpowered me. No! Nico shouted louder. Go away! The ground rumbled beneath me. The skeletons froze. I rolled out of the way just as a crack opened at the feet of the four warriors. The ground ripped apart like a snapping mouth. Flames erupted from the fissure, and the earth swallowed the skeletons in one loud crunch. Silence. In the place where the skeletons had stood, a 20-foot-long scar wove across the marble floor of the pavilion. Otherwise, there was no sign of warriors. Awestruck, I looked at Nico. How did you... Go away! He yelled. I hate you! I wish you were dead! The ground didn't swallow me up, but Nico ran down the steps, heading toward the woods. I started to follow, but f- like slip, but slipped and fell to the icy steps. When I got up, I noticed what I'd slipped on. I picked up the god statue Bianca had retrieved from the junkyard for Nico. The only statue he didn't have, she said. A last gift from a sister. I stared at it with dread because now I understand why the face looked familiar. I'd seen it before. It was a statue of Hades, Lord of the Dead. Annabeth and Grover helped me search the woods for hours, but there was no sign of Nico D'Angelo. We have to tell Sharon, Annabeth said out of breath. No, I said. She and Grover both stared at me. Um, Grover said nervously. What do you mean? No. I was still trying to figure out why I'd said that, but the words word spilled out of me. We can't let anyone know. I don't think anyone realizes that Nico is a son of Hades. Annabeth said, Percy, do you have any idea how serious this is? Even Hades broke the oath. This is horrible. I don't think so, I said. I don't think Hades broke the oath. What? He's their dad, I said. But Bianca and Nico have been out of commission for a long time. Since even before World War II. The Lotus Casino, Grover said. And he told Annabeth about the conversations we had with Bianca on the quest. She and Nico were stuck there for decades. They were born before the oath was made. I nodded. But how did they get out? Annabeth protested. I don't know, I admitted. Bianca said a lawyer came and got them and drove to Westover Hall. I don't know who that could have been or why. Maybe it's part of this great stirring thing. I don't think Nico understands who he is. But we can't go tell we can't go telling anyone, not even Sharon. If the Olympians find out, it might start them fighting among each other again. That's the last thing we need. Grover looked worried. But you can't hide things from the gods, not forever. I don't need forever. I just I said. Just two years until I'm sixteen. Emmett paled. But Percy, this means the prophecy might not be about you. It might be about Nico. We have to know. I said, I choose the prophecy. It will be about me. Why are you saying that? She cried. You want to be responsible for the whole world? It was the last thing I wanted, but I didn't say that. I knew I had to step up and claim it. I can't let Nico be in any more danger. I said, I owe that much to his sister. I let them boat down. I'm not going to let that poor kid suffer anymore. The poor kid who hates you and wants to see you dead? Grover reminded me. Maybe we can find him, I said. We can convince him it's okay, hide him someplace safe. 
Nampage shivered. If Luke's, Luke gets a hold of him, Luke won't. I said, I'll make sure he's got other things to worry about, namely me. I wasn't sure Sharon believed the story Annabeth and I told him. I think he could tell I was holding something back about Nico's disappearance, but in the end, he accepted it. Unfortunately, Nico wasn't the first half-blood to disappear. So young, Sharon sighed, his hands on the rail of the front porch. Alas, I hope he was eaten by monsters, much better than being recruited into the Titans army. That idea real made me really uneasy. I almost changed my mind about telling Sharon, but I didn't mind. I didn't. You really think the first attack will be here? I asked. Shran stared at the snow f- f- falling on the hills. I could see smoke from the dragon guardian at the pine tree, the glitter of the distant fleece. It will not be until summer, at least. This winter will be hard, the hardest of the- for many centuries. It's best that you go home to the city, Percy. Try to keep your mind on school. And rest? You will need rest. I looked at Ambeth. What about you? Her cheeks flushed. I'm gonna try San Francisco after all. Maybe I can keep an eye on Mount Tam. Make sure the Tynes don't try anything else. You'll send an Iris message if anything goes wrong? She nodded. But I think Sharon's right. It won't be until the summer. Luke will need time to regain his strength. I didn't like the idea of waiting. Then again, next August, I will be turning 15. So close to 16, I didn't want to think about it. All right, I said. Just take care of yourself and no crazy stunts in the sop with Camel. She smiled tentatively. Deal. And Percy? Whatever she was going to say was interrupted by Grover, who stumbled out of the big house tripping over tin cans. His face was haggard and pale like he'd seen a a specter. He spoke! Grover cried. Calm down, my young satire, Sean said, frowning. What is the matter? I I was playing music in the parlor, he stammered, and drinking coffee, lots of coffee, lots and lots of coffee, and he spoke in my hot mind. Who? Abbott demanded. Pan! Grover wailed. The, the, the lord of the wild himself. I heard him. I have to, I have to find a suitcase. Whoa, 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 I said. What did he say? Grover stared at me. Just three words. I await you. And that is the end of chapter 20 and the end of the Titan's Curse. This was an amazing chapter. Thank you for listening to the Titan's Curse. Next week, we will start reading the new book, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Chapter uh, Book 4, The Battle of the Labyrinth. Until then, stay safe and stay out of boredom.